Today's World Insight, California Governor Gavin Newsom attended the Great Wall Climate Dialogue on his week-long visit to China. We speak to experts and government officials on the sidelines of this conference to see how China and the state of California can cooperate on climate action. Hello and welcome to World Insight with me, Tian Wei. California Governor Gavin Newsom is visiting China this week, and climate action cooperation is on top of the agenda. On Thursday, he attended the Great Wall Climate Dialogue, co-hosted by the Chinese People's Association for Friendship with Foreign Countries and the California-China Climate Institute. China and the United States represent anywhere from 41 to 44 percent of the world's emissions. We're never going to address the issue of climate change. Uh, on this planet unless the United States and China work more collaboratively together. China and the U.S. started cooperation on environment and climate in the 1980s, and it's an important part of the relations. The two heads of state issued three joint statements on climate change, making historic contributions to the implementation of the Paris Agreement. China and the U.S. as the world's largest economies should strengthen cooperation in terms of climate change and green development. This will benefit our green and technological development, our own people, and also humankind as a whole. The dialogue was well designed, bringing diverse sub-national government voices from California and China, as well as from academia and business. So, uh, Professor Cui, what do you make of the results of today's discussion? I think it's very exciting to see uh, U.S. and China, California particularly, would like to collaborate on the climate change issues, right. whether it's on uh, you know developing talents, uh, technology innovation. Right education or is on, I think it's very broad, very, very broad possibility now, to collaborate. Now leading up to APEC, we are going to see a, a big delegation coming from China, likely some issues of climate change will be discussed as well. What do you think are some of the general framework people should stick to and have results? I think you should briefly. keep the open dialogue, that's yeah. very, very important, and the two countries need to uh, have a, the good will to collaborate. Right. Climate is a global issue. Right. Uh, two countries need to play leadership role on this. How business is playing a, a constructive role in bringing you know, the climate change experts together also on this very crucial issue? Uh, business has to be a key partner in this. This is going to be a partnership between the public sector and the private sector. If we're going to meet our climate goals, we need the technology, the infrastructure, the generation, the transmission, the electric vehicles, the um, housing construction, uh, water resources, and we're not going to be able to build all of that unless we have a good partnership. And uh, in the partnership between academia and business and industry, is also where new ideas get iterated and become the new technologies that drive change. We're so happy to a be good here. Head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. today the climate experts are talking in great details about cooperation and communication.
patients. That's exactly right. We know that we need to partner to tackle the what is really the existential crisis of our time, climate change. So we're, we're thrilled to be here. Thank you. Welcome back. This is World Insights with me, Tian Wei. Diverse voices from sub-national levels, from China and California, as well as representatives from academic and business circles, gathered in Beijing over the week for a dialogue on climate change between China and California. Among them is Zhou Ji, CEO and president of Energy Foundation in China. Mr. Zhou has been devoting decades of work into climate change-related issues, and he talked to me about the significance of these interactions among different walks of life on the issue of climate change between China and California. Professor Zhou, what a pleasure to see you. Oh, nice to see you again. Yes, I see you are hosting the session between Chinese and the Californian. Uh, officials and scholars on climate change. What do you think some of the most important consensus being reached now? Climate mitigation uh, will never be uh, the, the obstacles of economic growth. Rather, they are becoming a new driver of economic growth. That means the future economy will be low carbon and the zero carbon emission economy. Uh, the second uh, uh, consensus is uh, I mean, in the past decade, uh, the two sides, they have uh, made uh, tangible progresses in uh, climate mitigation. Uh, and uh, in terms of electric vehicle, uh, uh, renewable, especially solar power and offshore wind power. Uh, I mean, in two sides, uh, we have seen lower and lower uh, mitigation costs and the larger, larger penetration of those new technologies. And that means, on one hand, we see the very big challenge of uh, climate change. Mm -hmm. And uh, California is top four economy in the world. And uh, China, uh, I mean, innovation uh, driver is becoming a rising uh, driver for the new economy, for the future economy. And uh, I think innovation uh, seem to be more and more uh, the common driver for the uh, two economies. Including innovation in the area of climate change. Uh, like uh, new energy, uh, electric vehicle, uh, new grid, new energy sources like uh, solar, uh, wind power, and uh, also uh, digital, I mean combination of digital tech, uh, economy and the low carbon economy. Right. We have seen already with the presentation from California side about some of the specific target they are trying to reach, for example, about new energy, about electronic vehicles, and this list goes on. So how is China looking at this timeline and thinking, hmm, what are some of the areas that can really cooperate and benefit both sides? So no need to say uh, California have been the pioneer of the environmental or low-carbon standards in the United States. Uh, in fact, in the past decade, uh, they take lead, uh, I mean, to make state-level standards or uh, commitment become federal-level uh, standards or commitment or guidelines. Uh, but we should be aware of the fact that California's economy is very unique uh, and in different uh, stage of uh, the development and uh, uh, California is a high-tech uh, and uh, finance-based, financial-based uh, uh, economy. Right. 
but uh, but for China, uh, our uh, economy is more diversified, especially in terms of uh, energy mix. Uh, with coal dominate the energy mix for the moment, uh, and also uh, uh, manufacture. Uh, the structure of manufacture is totally different from uh, California's. Mm. Uh, but um, uh, it, it has enlightened from uh, California's experience uh, that if you have very high ambition, uh, this is a sort of uh, setting uh, strategy and the policy expectation for the uh, investors, uh, for uh, uh, technology developers. And uh, that means ambitious targets uh, will be the major driver for uh, the transition, for the transition. But certainly we should not, uh, uh, we should not uh, believe, or we should set, set up the same timeline, the same time frame uh, for the targets. I mean, uh, for example, Guangdong province or Jiangsu province, uh, the top two economy in China, uh, they might have different uh, targets and a different pathway, mm. but the same thing is ambition. One thing people focus on, that is what's likely to be the action followed. Because right now we have seen California, the state has already signed an MOU with NDRC, for example, about climate change. We also see California has been doing sub-national level kinds of MOUs and also agreements with different provincial uh, representatives today coming from China. So what's likely to be the follow-up actions? And how is this like action likely to energize and synergize with the important goals of communication, of maintaining good uh, uh, dialogues between the two countries? Uh, I think the first thing is, uh, the first follow-up is uh, further communication. Mm. I do see the gap for the communication. That means we should send more delegation to California and invite more delegation from, uh, from Cali Cali California. This is number one. Uh, number two, uh, policy exchange and we can learn each other uh, what types of tech, uh, policy instruments we can uh, employ and uh, uh, what about the effectiveness, uh, the, uh, the, the impact. Mm -hmm. For example, mar carbon market. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, taxation or subsidizing or regulation, mm -hmm. standards, etc. Et mm -hmm. uh, to see uh, in different occasions, you might have different effectiveness of the policy instrument. Right. And the, the, uh, the third one is, um, I mean, the direct support to the player in the market. I mean, enterprising, financer, though, uh, technology developer. Right. Mr. Zhou, I've known you for years. I know you've been working very hard, whether it is a sunny day or it's a rainy day on the climate change issue, particularly the cooperation between China and the United States. You worked months ahead before everything takes place today. So tell me more about this process and what are likely to be some of the emphasis of your work in the near future, leading up, let's just say, to COP28 and APEC, of course, economic leaders meeting. Yeah, but certainly uh, we are very proud of what we did in the past, uh, uh, but uh, uh, that's not enough. And uh, we will move forward uh, for that, uh, especially to support track two dialogue mm -hmm and the track two uh, communication and uh, real cooperation. Mm -hmm. But focusing on uh, the roadmap, uh, technological roadmap, engineering roadmap, uh, and then to see how to finance that. But uh, after all, P20 
people to people's communication, right. especially practitioner to practitioner, right. and um, uh, um, I mean uh, experts to experts. Yeah. Uh, so those are our uh, priority the, in the coming year, especially for APEC. On the even before APEC, we have several side events there, uh, and uh, to try to stimulate uh, the cooperation. That's wonderful. And if I could ask you, what adjective you would use to describe the atmosphere in the room when you were sitting side by side with your Californian colleagues and also your Chinese colleagues? Um, I I just say, oh. Uh, communication and then based on communication you will know each other better and you will build up your trust uh, read, the, uh, read the trust level and then you have more uh, opportunity to cooperate. Zhou what a pleasure. Thank you so much sir. Yeah, pleasure. Welcome back. This is World Inside with me Tianwei. On the sideline of the Great Wall Climate dialogue between China and California. I also talked to Professor Gongpeng, Vice President of the University of Hong Kong, which hosted Governor Newsom's visit to Hong Kong. In fact, the Californian governor had a wonderful interaction with the students of the university with the moderation of Professor Gong. And he told me about what in fact was going on at the scene. Professor Gong, it's such a pleasure to see you here. Uh, me too, likewise. <laughs> Just a few days ago, you were in Hong Kong, in fact, uh, hosting a dialogue between the students and also Governor Newsom uh, when he was visiting the University of Hong Kong, your home turf. So what was the communication like? Well, uh, Governor Newsom has been in a very high spirit of uh, promoting the climate cooperation between California and China. And uh, he's been, uh, uh, we got this opportunity that uh, there, there is a relatively smoother, you know, flight from California to uh, uh, Hong Kong. And while Hong Kong, he will be able to uh, move to, to kick off his China uh, trip. So we invited him and he, he agreed to uh, come to meet with uh, uh, professors, and it's really open to the entire Hong Kong. You know, lots of people are professors and industrial uh, entrepreneurs and uh, uh, students, of course. It's uh, also a big body of, of them. More than 300 uh, seated classroom has been fully uh, occupied and uh, uh, you know, people are really excited about this opportunity. He made some really important remarks regarding his understanding of climate change and how China and California can cooperate during that speech and that interaction in the University of Hong Kong. What in, do you think now in retrospect, looking at his schedule over the past few days, actually really stood out? Well, he, first of all, he is really uh, keen on promoting subnational cooperation on uh, clean energy, on um, education, you know, helping the young people, you know, moving the society to, to act, uh, to change, combat climate change. He called climate a climate crisis and mostly attributable to fossil fuel combustion. So he really wanted to work hard to reduce the uh, in California, you know, their energy consumption proportion uh, basically to de 
uh, fossil f uh, fuel uh, in California. He shares his experience with us. He was amazed to find, you know, he's pr pr promoting 30-30, you know, land for conservation. And he realized that in Hong Kong, it's 70%, you know, uh, land are being conserved. So there are obviously some uh, ways that he realized that Hong Kong is doing things ahead of time and uh, very aggressively in, uh, in combating climate change. We see the spirit of mutual learning and also uh, cooperation. Exactly. In fact, throughout the trip, uh, during Governor Nelson's uh, visit uh, to different localities of China. So how were the students, particularly on campus, you know, looking at what is being said and what had been done? Well, I think, you know, uh, uh, as a state leader who stands so strongly condemning, you know, the crimes that has been, you know, quote, crimes that has been committed by the fossil fuel petroleum industry, that he really hopes, uh, he stands there as an as a example, you know, for the student who are, you know, he inspired students to stand hard against, you know, uh, the harms that has been brought up by our, uh, you know, poorer use of energy and our uh, ignorance of environmental protection leading us to today that we are borrowing uh, futures, you know, generations uh, resources to satisfy our own needs. And students are really inspired to, to learn from him. And he serves a, an example like I, what I said. Uh, both the University of Hong Kong and, shall I say, also many universities uh, based in California are key players both in research and also uh, in uh, collaboration between the two sides. But uh, we have seen decreasing numbers of students going to each other's places. Yeah. What do you see as the vice president of one of the most renowned universities in Asia, the solution should be? Well, first of all, we need to strengthen our own you know, scholarship and uh, by recruiting more talented uh, leaders in the whole world to educate our own student. Also, we, sh uh, we are as a, you know, number one internationalized university in the world. You know, we are not only uh, reflected by our uh, faculty diversity and student body diversity, but also the activities. Almost every student has the in international experience. We are not the only one. You know, Tsinghua University is doing really well on that as well. And obviously in California, all the, the, these leading institutions are also doing that. The major reason is that we are educating the next generation of uh, uh, leaders who has a world view. Mm. You know, the exchange should be continued and increased rather than, you know, decreased. Thank you so much, Professor Gong, as always. Thank you for giving me this opportunity for the interview. Yeah. Next, my talk with Hu Min from the Institute of Global Decarbonization Progress. She told me about the significance of interactions between China and California at sub-national level and what could it mean for future cooperation and communications between China and the United States. Ms. Hu, welcome to CGTN. 
Thank you for having me. Let me ask you about the sub-national level. Uh, earlier, we always say local level, but now if we use the word sub-national level, there's much more significance to the things that we are talking about. How would you understand the significance of sub-national level communication between China and the United States, particularly regarding climate change? Thank you. That's a great question. Sub-national level in the U.S. refer to the states. In China, refers to uh, provinces we're talking about. Autonomous regions. Yes. In, in the U.S., uh, I think we, there's a difference between state level and provinces level between U.S. and China uh, in terms of uh, policy authority and mandate. In the U.S., state has more flexibility and power uh, to regulate their business and their uh, environmental policies. And in China, provinces might be more aligned with the central government. So in the U.S., uh, when we talk about climate policy specifically, it's a whole spectrum of understanding and ambition. There are leaders such as climate uh, California. There's also states they are still very uh, relying on fossil industry and they're holding the traditional industry and they don't believe ambitious climate goal is helpful. Mm. And now we see the governor of California uh, playing a leading role in terms of uh, U.S. Uh, subnational engagement with China. How do you see this trip, climate change-wise, is likely to impact both the direction, the speed, and the content of communications and cooperation regarding climate change between the two sides? Definitely. Climate change has been a priority of uh, many governors of California. Uh, and this trip is in fact a legacy of many trips of the former uh, California governors from Schwarzenegger. Uh, I remember in 2015, he came with a solar panel in his pocket showing to the audience saying, this is the future. Um, that was very impressive. So California, uh, having this collaboration with future collaboration with China is uh, showing you know to the world that um, there is a part of the US are taking the lead and also we share the same goals as the governor Newsom said today there's a shared vision and goals and opportunities uh, between California and China the, uh, it will as you said uh, shape the content and the approach of collaboration. At the Great Wall Climate Dialogue, uh, provincial governors and vice governors coming from Inner Mongolia Autonomous Region, Sichuan, uh, Jiangsu, Guangdong, Hainan, mm. all came and they interacted with their American counterparts coming from California. So how do you see the uniqueness of China's approach or the achievements of China's approach, particularly at local level, what actually they said is of critical importance to their counterparts in California, coming from you as an expert. Well, that's a great, uh, a very smart selection of regions from the China organizers. That's really um, uh, a great uh, work they have done. The, that's a collection of the provinces uh, which are leaders of clean technology, like Guangdong and Jiangsu. And uh, there are also the regions that still are very fossil intensive, like Inner Mongolia. So selecting this group of um, 
uh, diverse. Yeah, very diverse regions. I think on one hand, showing we are taking a lot of progressive uh, actions. And at the same time, there are a lot of challenges in China because China, um, the Peking goal and carbon neutrality goal is not easy. It's not easy to achieve. Uh, there is, uh, China is a very diverse uh, country. Different um, provinces have different condition. Um, and at the same time, I think it's a smart way because we also, I believe the organizer would like to uh, mobilize more actions at the provincial level. So putting all these regions together with the climate leader, California, the mutual understanding and the learning, and to see a state could be uh, having the prosperity because of clean technology development. This kind of the concept of green growth uh, is uh, going to be a good uh, narrative uh, to the Chinese counterparts too. Mm. We saw a lot of mutual learning this time uh, set by both sides. And of course, that's the basis also for future cooperation opportunities. Now, how much will this, be what we are seeing today, be able to create some kinds of possibility for sub-national level and other levels below the national level mm -hmm. to come back to life again, mm -hmm. if I could use that word. I think both sides need to do their parts, both the US and China. At the state level, they need to be more proactive to reach out to you know, try to understand what's happening in China. And in China's provincial level also to be more proactive. And I think the central government give the provinces more uh, freedom uh, to develop this potential collaboration that you are talking about. There are several, many, many layer business collaboration for sure. That will be very, very important investment. And the policy exchange between the provinces and states that's also very, very important. Uh, like for example, in the US, California has the most ambitious uh, vehicle fuel standards and the emission standards. Um, and that's what China has, could be uh, learning from. In fact, we have been learning from it for many years. But at the same time, in the past years, China has already developed a lot. Like uh, Nielsen said, there are some new, uh, many new things to him. So this could be uh, also, it's a mutual learning uh, progress. Mm. But you know, Ms. Hu, being in the climate change area for decades, um, this is a difficult time, yeah. not only geopolitical-wise, yeah. but also economies are suffering uh, slower growth rate than most of the early years for most of the economies in the world. So uh, climate change issue in order to develop economy, create innovation, uh, uh, to build up manufacturing capabilities, to benefit and to prevent and control, all of these takes a lot of investment. So I really wonder, you know, if it is engagement more at subnational level, how to gear up the energy of the investment so that all of the areas that we've been talking about eventually can come into some great conclusions. I think this trip is about building confidence and mutual understanding. Uh, confidence um, brings investment, brings business activities. Uh, this is uh, the time, the challenging time now is lack of confidence. Uh, I think having this conversation in fact uh, generate 
this mutual belief that we can see both sides are very serious about climate actions and that could drive the long-term investment activities and also because both states and provinces can uh, kind of shape their constructive investment environment within their region or the joint region somehow uh, at least between these regions provinces and some states in the u.s that could um, generate some uh, investment activity or collaboration in future. Ms. Hu, what a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your input. Thank you. And that's all the time we have for today. If you'd like to know more, search World Inside, check out our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Tian Wei on behalf of my team. Thanks for watching. Bye for now.